0: Welcome to Interparty Conflict, the podcast where we answer your questions so you can have the best tabletop gaming experience possible. My name is Gabe. And my name is Jeff. And we have two very special guests with us today, Damian and Caitlin from Adventures in Aurelia. Hi.
1: Hi.
0: Welcome. (laughs) We're uh, glad to have you guys. How are you doing
2: today? Doing all right. Just got off work.
1: Yeah, pretty good. I took today as a, a recovery day after our long weekend, so I played hooky. Cool, cool.
0: Nice. I've actually my last week, I've I've only gone to work half of my work days. I had Halloween off, and then the following day I went in and they had extra people. So they asked if anyone wanted to leave. So I left after like 20 minutes. And uh and then I had completely forgotten this coming week I have my next work day off. So <laughs> in this in this week long period, I will have only worked two days. Oh man. So um uh Jeff, how are you doing today? Um I'm not doing not too bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just
3: got past the weekend with the Extra Life. Sure. Uh, just just quite you guys had trouble with the with the website, the Extra Life oh,
2: website. They they came out and admitted or they put an email out that they were actually being DDoSed during Extra Life oh. game day. So yeah, <laughs> That's someone awful. like the way they worded it was like pretty much thanks you guys for sticking it out sorry that some people felt they needed to ruin our fun on this day that's about helping sick kids right yeah Yeah.
3: that's because i i thought maybe that was what was happening but like i was like no no
1: it wasn't just you
3: (laughs) yeah so because yeah like uh, people weren't able to get on and like yeah like our team roster kept disappearing it was Mm -hmm. weird oh yeah like but. it just
2: kept telling us your team doesn't exist exactly yeah. <laughs> so
3: and then you know and then like i had my own my own technical issues on my end too so it was just it wasn't didn't go very well but whatever
0: still still raised a little bit of money so yeah uh damien caitlin what uh what games did you
2: guys play
1: all sorts of stuff oh boy yeah <laughs> um <laughs> we, we did uh, we did
2: some pummel party we played some the, this game depth that we love, and we're pretty sure you guys liking Dead by Daylight would enjoy it as well. Okay. Oh,
3: that's the the shark one, right? The, shark, the shark one, one. Yeah. 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 I did I did pick that up. I picked
0: that up when it was on sale, but I haven't I haven't played it yet. Is is one person playing as a shark and everybody else is a swimmer? People. Two people are two playing people playing as as a shark, shark, and then four okay. divers.
1: That sounds kind of um, cool. We played some Minecraft mini games that were mm. fun. Um, one of our friends runs a realm server, so. We were able to do that even though we weren't all here. Um, And we had a a battle royale with our uh, main campaign characters, which Damien set up a really interesting environment for it. Um, I don't think it went exactly how he expected it to.
0: (laughs) It never does.
1: (laughs) No. Yeah.
3: Uh, yeah, I'd would seen i seen a little bit of that uh, of that going on, and I was like, oh, that's a really good idea. Yeah, you know, for a uh, battle royale D anD D,
0: you know, uh, c- a combat. That's awesome. Cool. Um, so Jeff, I only caught the very end of yours, uh, but what uh, what games did you play? Um, well, we we tried we first tried Borderlands, but Borderlands keeps
3: crashing on my computer. Yeah, just in general, and then we were playing. Shoot, I can't remember what we were playing my goodness. I do remember we played Prop Hunt okay. on uh, Gary's Mod, if you're familiar at all.
0: Oh, I've heard of I've heard of Prop Hunt. Yeah. Cool. Uh well um thank you to everybody who who showed up to to Extra Life. Thank you to everybody who streamed for Extra Life, mm-hmm. of course, uh Damien and Caitlin included. Um uh, I guess why don't you guys tell uh tell our listeners who you are and uh what your show is and uh maybe how you got into tabletop gaming as a whole. I know Damien, we had you on our show uh it was a while ago at this point, I think, I yeah. Think we
2: might be hitting the two year mark, actually. Maybe, jeez, yeah, maybe. It, I'm pretty sure it was December, and uh, I was supposed to come back earlier this year, and we just couldn't make the schedule work. Possibly, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, well, anyway, thank you for for coming on again, and of course, Caitlin, thank you for joining, uh, joining us. So, yeah, tell us, tell our listeners who you are and uh, what sort of stuff you guys do.
2: We are adventures in a, well, we are part of adventures in Aurelia. Um, I'm the dungeon master. Caitlin is one of the players and we are a fifth edition, uh, actual play podcast, um, set in the homebrew world of Aurelia, which is something that I've created like three years ago. Now I think is how (laughs) long I've been working on the world and the show and everything. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I got into tabletop like six or seven years ago. I'm actually I'm a late bloomer in the uh, the tabletop area. Sure, as as someone that's super geeky and probably should have gotten into D anD D way earlier. Yeah, um, my Magic the Gathering group introduced me to Pathfinder, and then from Pathfinder, Fifth Edition came out. We started playing Five E, and then. That gaming group went away because, you know, adults and we had a baby and life changed and I still wanted to play. So we found friends that were willing to work around that schedule and come over here and deal with our crazy child. <laughs> and they were, you know, they were willing to do a podcast with me. Cool. Cool.
0: Yeah. um Adventures in Aurelia is one of the few actual play podcasts I do listen to. Um, I actually haven't. I, I haven't. I've fallen behind on a lot of podcasts in the last few months because I listen primarily at work, and I've had quite a bit of time off recently. So I uh, I haven't listened to your last I don't know handful of episodes. But uh, other than that, you know I've I've listened to every episode, and uh, it's great. I love you guys. Love your guys show.
2: Got a really good one coming up. It's cool. Not our
0: regular show. Is that the one you were you had had teased on the Discord?
1: Our Halloween special. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay, well, cool. I'm, I'm excited about that one. Um, Caitlin, did you get into D&D just from, uh, from Damien?
1: Yeah. Um, when we got together, he had just been getting into uh, Pathfinder with mm-hmm. his friend group. Um, and that sort of fell apart when um, we had our son. Sure. And I, when I was pregnant, I watched a lot of Critical Role. Um okay. When I was at work <laughs> and one of my coworkers had come up behind me and was like, "Hey, my boyfriend watches this." And so when Damien said that he wanted to see if we could find people to start our own game with, um I was like, "Oh, I might know some people who are interested to it." So, um two of my coworkers and then one of their boyfriends joined us and Uh, We started out recording, like I had the idea to record our session on my phone, just uh, so that we could like look back on it if we needed clarification or anything. And then it turned into the podcast and, well, cool. and
0: the, the rest is history i suppose and the rest is
1: history and now we've got three <laughs> campaigns going with this group of five people awesome well yeah, i two of uh, which are cool. recorded yeah two of which are the show ones and take up my life one's just for fun <laughs> yeah. i love
2: this show
0: <laughs> well, cool. it sounds like you guys have a good time with it and that's that's the important thing yeah all right um you guys want to go ahead and uh get into the episode sure okay sure that's good. um um shoot I did not put work into coming up with an intro uh, you guys uh, wake up and you're in the dragon's horde oh come on <laughs> I, I mean uh, g- roll a d20 and tell me if you wake up in the dragon's
2: horde <laughs> someone I, roll I, a d20 here, Someone, here, give me you know roll. in the handful of dice in front of me I don't have a d20 I got,
1: I got it oh it's only a 3 oh no <laughs> you,
2: maybe you
0: don't wait hold on Oh, you have an advantage. Oh, Jeff. Oh I rolled a two. Jeff got a two. Oh no.
2: <laughs> Together oh, Damien, a can 23. you save can you save the group? <laughs> I got a fifteen. Alright, okay. Well,
0: so uh so so you the three of you have fallen into a, a supernatural slumber. And uh, Jeff and Caitlin are both uh struggling in this nightmare world of of evil and fog and darkness darkness, <laughs> darkness. Oh, but no. damien holding up a magical d20 rescues the other two and escapes to the dragon's horde <laughs>
2: wait were we, we trying to get here okay. <laughs> i don't know yeah we were trying to find it <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes sure <laughs> right yes we need to loot the dragon's horde
1: yeah,
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> all right so uh damien you have uh, an item for today is that correct Yes, I I finished up an item for today. Um, The item that I am bringing to you guys is Forgeheart. Forgeheart is a legendary artifact created by the god of smithing and has been passed down through generations. Um, This is for my world, so generations of the kings of Sterengeld, making it one of the key signs of leadership among the dwarves. In its standard form, it is a scale-covered longsword, plus two, with dwarven runes engraved down the length of the blade, and a small smith's hammer functioning as the pommel. However, when a command word is spoken, the blade shrinks down and the smith's hammer increases to the size of a warhammer. The only change in this form is that Forgeheart deals bludgeoning damage instead of slashing damage. Another command word can be spoken, causing Forgeheart to glow a deep red as as if it has been stoked in a forge. It deals an extra 1d6 fire damage in this form. An attuned wielder is unharmed by the red-hot glow of this form. Forgeheart also allows the wielder to cast spells that may prove useful to a blacksmith. Each spell is cast at a 4th level and consumes 2 of its 5 charges. These charges reset every dawn. The spells granted by the sword are Heat Metal, Fire Shield, and Wall of Fire.
0: There you go. Uh that's that's really cool. Um I very much I, I love that item. I love the I love the theming of it. I love that it is tied to your world's uh backstory. I love the idea of it being like a symbol of the ruler. Right, yeah. Um, and I love all the abilities it has. I think that's really, really cool. Yeah.
3: Like I like I, I like I always like the aesthetic of like blacksmiths and stuff like that in mm-hmm. D&D so like like a blacksmith hammer as a weapon is Is always is always a fun image uh, to me.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and I mean this is just it, it's it's v1 pretty much because mm-hmm. I I've, I've got some tweaking. I still want to do to it like one of the things that I realized while working on it today Is that I gave it five charges and each spell that it can use uses two charges? You're never gonna be able to use all the charges <laughs> sure sure
3: sure. yeah i thought i thought maybe it was like they wouldn't they wouldn't recharge completely like so like if you got that one left over and you roll to see how many charges you know come back the next day you might get an even number the next time or something yeah Um, i'm thinking i might
2: just increase it because it is supposed to be an artifact level yeah item or
0: even i would say if, if everything costs two charges just reduce the number of charges and make it four I was going to say, like, have it be, uh, it has two charges and everything takes one charge. Sure. Oh, yeah. Unless you can think of there being a benefit to having, like, if there are some things that cost one charge and some that cost two, I could understand that. But uh, having everything be costing two charges, I think is unnecessary. Hmm. I could see it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love, I love weapons that transform from one, one weapon to another. Yeah. I think that is. And I really like how in your description, you said that the sword has a hammer as a pommel. And then when it transforms, it's just that the pommel gets bigger and the sword gets smaller.
2: Yeah.
3: yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, I had a, I had a character back in 3.5 that like eventually had a weapon that could turn into any weapon. Yeah. And I, I had a lot of fun with that. So I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, weapons that transform are just inherently cool. Yeah.
2: They're, they're awesome. I love them. Yeah. And you know, you can always handle any resistance if it transforms. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. If you, yeah, you can want to take out uh, some, you know, some undead, yeah, um, Damien, have you played uh, Bloodborne? I have not. It is, uh, for anybody who's not familiar, Bloodborne is a, it's a third-person action RPG from the guys that made Dark Souls. It's from a lot of people consider it to be the same, in the same series, Spiritual I guess. Spiritual
2: successor or something. Sure, yeah.
0: But uh, in that, all of the weapons that you get transform in some way. And there is actually one weapon that is, it's a longsword, but you carry the sheath on your back because the sheath is a giant stone hammer, basically and the way that it transforms is you stick it in the sheath and then you pull it back around and now you have a sword
2: with a giant hammer on the end. Okay, yeah. so it's kind of like a cane sword only the cane part kind of. is a giant hammer. Right. Yeah. yeah. yeah pretty sure. much. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: in in a similar, you know, in a similar way it is uh, it is also a sword that can become a hammer but in a
2: thematically quite different yeah. way. Yeah, that one's less magical. Sure. <laughs> yeah, so what was this item called again? Uh, this item was called Forgeheart. And um, at some point possibly by the time this episode releases I will have made it public on D&D Beyond and people can find and add it there oh, cool. and then get any of the updates that I do to it when I retweak it and balance it cool yeah awesome I,
0: I hope people do because yeah, like I said I think that's a really cool item
2: yeah any items that I make I once I am okay with them being known to the public I normally make them public on D&D Beyond sure
0: well, cool. I, I I hope people use it because, yeah, um, I, I've seen some of the other items. You've submitted some items in the past and they've all been really cool and I, I love that you've been putting them on, uh, on D&D Beyond so other people can find them and use them in their own games. Uh, Well, I think that'll do it for the, uh, for the Dragon's Horde. Jeff, if anybody else wanted to submit magic items for the Dragon's Horde or if they had questions to discuss or if they had stories for the Funeral Pyre, how would they get those to us? They could send us an email at interpartyconflict at gmail.com or they can join us on our Interparty Discord at bit.ly slash Interparty Discord. That's correct. Um, And uh, Damien, if anybody wanted to listen to Adventures in Aurelia, how would they find that?
2: Um, If you go to Adventures in Aurelia, that's E-R-Y-L-I-A dot com, then you'll see some buttons at the top of the page that you can listen to shows when I remember to put them up as a blog post. (laughs) Or the subscribe link, um, the subscribe button, will take you to numerous different places that you can subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast app of choice. if we're not there, tell us and we'll get there. There you go. (laughs)
3: Uh,
0: all right. And is there, um, I don't suppose, is there any, are there any other projects you're working on that,
2: uh, you'd like to tell anybody about? Um, kind of like not really related to this show, but Mm -hmm. semi-related because of the people involved. We have been doing a regular stream, um, Tuesday nights at, Starting around eight thirty PM Pacific time, uh, Caitlin, um, one of our players, Chantel, and I have been streaming Co-op State of Decay two. Oh, cool! Oh, and trying to trying to work in some some streaming into the things we do because it gives me times and reasons to play video games. <laughs> awesome! <laughs> All right. Um, well, before we go
0: any further, we have a giveaway this week. Uh, we're giving away a copy of Chapel on the Cliffs, which is a uh, mm-hmm. 5th edition adventure module from Goblin Stone. Goblin Stone is a group of content creators based in the UK, and they've uh, made this great adventure as well as many others. So, Jeff, who is our winner today? Our winner today is Max R. Whoa, 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 winner! winner. Oh yes congratulations max r you should be getting that in your email within the next uh, few days if you haven't gotten it in the next few days let us know it's probably in your spam folder but uh, they might be running a bit late as well and jeff if anybody wanted to join max and enter this drawing how would they do so they could send us an email at interpartyconflict at gmail.com with chapel on the cliffs and the subject line that's correct All right, and then I also want to thank all of our wonderful patrons for supporting us and everything. Uh, We have a Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash interpartyconflict. Patreon is an online platform you can pledge to donate to a creator of your choice, such as us or Adventures in Aurelia. And uh, in in return, you get some bonus stuff uh, on uh, some sort of regular schedule. We have outtakes, we've got bonus episodes, we've got a a monthly Roll20 game that we're going to try to set up pretty soon. So uh, go check out Patreon.com slash Interparty Conflict and see if anything appeals to you so you can help out the show and get some cool stuff in return. And then just one more thing before we get into the meat of the episode, we've got uh, some other podcasts on the Crit Nation Fellowship. You should check out Crit Academy at CritAcademy.com. Justin, Ian, and Brandon create new and reusable content for players and DMs alike. Go and check out um, Brute Force and Ignorance. They are an actual play podcast on the network as well. And uh, also check out D&D Character Lab. Garen and Dan made characters every week and pitted them against each other. They are done making episodes, but their old episodes are still there for you to listen to. And of course, check out Adventures in Aurelia. Uh, They are a great podcast, and we are very happy to have Damien and Caitlin on our show today. Thanks you for having us.
1: I just have one little addendum. Um, Garen and Dan may be done with their show, but Garen has started up a new show. Oh. And they're just little like minute long episodes. It's called D and D one word at a time, and it's just his little humor. He's created a character that's like satirically going over D and D one word at a time. So one episode oh. was dungeons, one episode was and, one episode <laughs> was dragons, and he like his definition of it. Well, that's it's awesome! I'll have to, I'll <laughs> yeah. to check that out. I was I was not aware of that. Yeah, <laughs> I think he's got eight episodes out now, but it's like it's it, it, less than a minute long each. So okay, great. awesome.
3: Wait, so it's eight he's got eight episodes. What what is the fourth word? <laughs> uh
1: he well he's done like he's done party uh race okay. So, but I got gotcha. you. His first few were Dungeons and Dragons, and now he's gotcha. getting into other stuff.
0: <laughs> okay. M- maybe he just looped back around to Dungeons again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or I was
1: well, like, it's been Whoa. a couple weeks. <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: <laughs> well, my my f- the first thing that popped into my head is, is like, okay, he's like, you're like reading the player's handbook, but one word <laughs> at one each word is an episode of a podcast. When he first yeah.
1: pitched it, I thought that's what it was going to end up being. <laughs> I was like, oh that's no, just the type of humor that he has. Sure. But no, he like in if you've seen any of the um like uh material that he's created um for like third party material his mm-hmm. like Jamie Juniors uh magical mounts and mm-hmm. sure. uh stuff like that like he likes creating little characters that have backstories that go along with um his material. So this yeah, like w-
3: Wombo's Guide to Combos. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So he likes to to make the little characters, and so this one is one of those little little guys that he's come up with and his <laughs> take awesome. on on the definitions for for the game. He's, oh, cool. he's
2: still making characters. Awesome. I'm, I'm <laughs> glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. And pitting them against the world. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yep. All right. Uh, well, Jeff, let's get into some questions. Sure. All right. Our uh, our first question comes from. Gabe, who's that guy? On Gabby. Gabe, <laughs> <laughs> Gabe on Gabe. Okay. <laughs> instead of yeah, instead of posting it on Reddit or Facebook, uh, I went it, to my private app, which is just for me. It's just it's just Gabe, <laughs> it's just me.
3: <laughs> well, anyway, Gabe asks, uh, what's some advice you can give for when your significant other is part of your gaming group? Yeah, couldn't have said it better myself. Oh. <laughs> Oh, you hush. Yeah. So
0: this is this is uh, mainly directed at uh, at Caitlin and Damian. Uh, yeah. What's some advice you can get for when your significant other is part of the gaming group? And do we need to separate you two to get each other's <laughs> answers? <laughs>
1: Oh well, that's funny because there's currently a uh, moving blanket set up in between us, so we can't see each other. <laughs> <laughs> and also to cut down on echo. Yes, but since, yeah. <laughs> since we right. started yeah.
2: streaming, we set this up to try and cut the echo out. But now
1: I can't glare at him. <laughs> <laughs> and still have like-
2: that sen- that
3: sense of it though.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you can still tell.
2: Usually, but I I feel like one of the the big things with this question is that power dynamic, especially Mm -hmm. considering our group. I am the DM for the group, and I technically DM two campaigns that Caitlin is in, even though it's the same groups of people, just with different characters. Sure. And coming mostly from the DM side of things, I feel like one of the biggest things is treat your significant other just like any other person in your group, like mm-hmm. I know Caitlin can comment a little bit on uh, on what are what are my reactions usually when you ask me about things in the campaign that you don't know about?
1: Yeah, that was gonna be the one thing I, I brought up is I'll constantly ask him, like, if he hints to something that we missed, I'll ask him about it afterwards. And he's like, why no. I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> You're nothing special. <laughs> like. Oh, no. Like, uh, and it makes it really hard to to not try and metagame, um, mm-hmm. especially if he leaves his notes out on the desk. It's really tempting <laughs> to go and just read through them. Yeah. Uh, but I don't because that would be unfair and if it is something that, like, I ask him about and he is willing to tell me, then we usually immediately will get into our um, Discord server and, like, the information gets shared with the entire group. Oh, so sure. it's okay. not sure. just something that I'm getting to know because I happen to live with the DM. Sure. Well, right. You know? Yeah.
3: That, that's Yeah, that's fair. That's a good. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good thing to know to, to, know to do. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, because we want to we want to keep it fair. Like there's stuff that he has talked about with other players, that's specific to their character that I don't get to know about just because I'm his wife. You know, I'm sure. still one of the players, so yeah, you know, they're still keeping secrets.
2: <laughs> there, there exist player secrets and files away on my computer that she has no idea about. To the point that she doesn't even know which player might have a certain secret yeah (laughs) but But then
1: he also he keeps it really fair like i don't get any sort of special treatment or anything when we are playing like if anything he might go a little harder on (laughs) (laughs) on my characters because i don't like to create backstories so he'll like throw role play opportunities at me that force me to come up with a backstory.
2: (laughs) Sure. (laughs) I was going to say that that in some aspects, it's almost that I am harder on her because she's my wife and to, you know, make it obvious that I am not trying to treat her unfairly in a positive sense. She definitely has had some things thrown at her that, that are a mix of... I'm doing this as a way to show that I'm not elevating you above the rest of the players, but also I'm doing this because you're my wife and I know you can handle it. Sure. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Um, I would
0: actually feel like, I mean, I've I've never really played a game with a significant other. I think a long, long time ago, back before I I even had met my wife, I think I played, I ran a, a couple sessions for my, I think The girl I was dating at the time was in a couple sessions of a game I ran. I can't remember for sure if if she and I were dating at the time. But so I I don't I don't really personally have much experience with this myself. But I feel like the it, it would be if I did, I feel like probably the inclination would be to be extra unfair to the person that I am in a relationship with specifically to not give them beneficial treatment I would right. probably inadvertently give them detrimental yeah. treatment
3: yeah you're, you're it's like it's yeah overcompensating for trying not to look like you're favoring them yeah, yeah. so like the, the couple times that I've DM'd, Skylar has been in the group and mm-hmm. like like the second I look at her and I'm like alright I have to do an interaction with her shoot I don't want to look like I'm favoring her <laughs>
0: Uh, like, you know, hey, Skyler, you take eight points of damage, right? Yeah, but yeah. well, what? We're not even in combat. Sorry, the, the I just, dice. I just rolled the it, dice. It just, it just happened. It just happened. I don't know what happened. I'm like, like
3: so, yeah, like I, but like I have to have that like, that conversation with myself. I'm like, right, don't look like you're favoring her, even though she's the prettiest one there. <laughs>
2: But, you know, the only reason we have to talk about anything like this is because there there exist out there on the internet, those mm-hmm. horror stories of the, the DM whose girlfriend is in the game. And, you know, they're level ones, but she's decked out in plus three everything and yeah. has all the magic items. And, you know, <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen you get attacked, even though you've got all the <laughs> gear
1: right (laughs) yeah if anything it's the opposite like when we when i just started um the most recent character that i've been playing she came she joined the party after being on a boat for like six years or something and i wanted her to have a pet rat Ah. just because there's rats on ships i love pet rats i do too and he (laughs) won't let me be he's like you don't have a familiar (laughs) No flavor rat. It's a flavor yeah, just have rat. A rat. <laughs> yeah.
3: What <laughs> one, one of the uh one of the like equipment packets? Or, I don't know what they're referred oh, to. Yeah,
0: the um uh I know that the, the urchin background oh, that's the starts one, yeah. out with a pet rat. Yeah, yeah.
3: The urchin background just has a like a pet rat or a pet mouse or something like that. Yeah. It does it you know, it's not there's no stats or anything. You just have a mouse Well
0: Damien, I'm shaking my head at you. You <laughs> should have let her have a pet rat.
2: It's hey, in the uh, book.
0: Evidently <laughs> she chose the wrong background. okay okay i can i can understand that (laughs) i'm
1: still determined to find a pet rat
0: yeah there was a um there was actually back when i first started listening to podcasts and i i the first one of the first actual plays i ever listened to was it was a podcast called uh dicey tales i have actually very much soured on my opinion of them since then Uh oh uh due to some some stuff but but at the time when i was listening to them i um I I emailed back and forth with uh, the DM a couple times and um, there were, there were some early episodes where the DM, uh, the DM and one of the players were married similar to, to uh, you two. And there was an episode where the, the DM's wife's character, every time she would like make a suggestion for like what they should do, the DM would kind of like shoot down the idea. And I could tell that the player was getting really frustrated and they actually had a side podcast at the time where that player was complaining about. She thought that it was because she was a woman, and so she was getting uh, unfairly treated for for those types of reasons. And I mean, I wasn't there. I don't know if that was the case or not. But to me, as a listener, it sounded more like, well, no, it's just that he's. I think he's very much overcompensating for not being not giving her preferential treatment. So as a result his natural reaction might have been to just shut down whatever she was doing unintentionally yeah. uh, again i wasn't there i don't know if that's the case but that's that's how it read to me but that's made me realize like oh if i ever were to play a game with my wife i would want to try not to do that not to uh not to give her preferential or detrimental yeah. treatment you know yeah
3: and like the the you know like the way uh, the way that you interact with your you know your significant other can sometimes tread that that line of like yeah you know like are you pandering or, or are you um you don't want to be disrespectful but at the same sure. time you want to make sure that you're not coming off as you know acting on favoritism or anything sure sure uh, i don't but, think
0: i'm ever in danger of that oh, i'm well, sure my wife will never play never. she will never ever ever play dnd not even as a joke she i have won't even do it. tried to make like tried to be like hey let's play this thing that's not D, but like Sort of, you know, like to, to test the waters oh, and no, she, she can always tell yeah. what I'm trying to do. And she always just says, yeah, no. if she gets just the slightest whiff of nerdy, anything, she's
3: yeah. just like, nope, nope, no part of it. I guess. Hey, whatever. I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not going to stress over it. <laughs> like you could,
2: you could sugarcoat <laughs> a tabletop game all you want. She ain't having it. Yeah. Have you looked into the, my little pony one?
0: <laughs> I don't think she would like that either. I don't think she's into My Little Pony. For anything
2: she could be into, there's gotta be a game for her.
3: But I just, I, I just, she'll like out of spite. She'll like the second she understands that this is a, this is just a nerd thing. Yeah, like I, you, know, like, you could tailor. Make this for for her, and she'll just be like, "Oh no, Gabe's just trying to get me to do a nerdy thing." She just, would find oh, some way to
2: derail it. If, yeah, if it happened. Oh, this it's, is a game. I'm out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Suddenly, the game is about our dog. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you. Just, yeah, you just gotta make it all about Superhands, and and it'll be it'll be fun. I guess if you guys ever are on uh, the DMs guild, and you see Superhands Great Dane RPG. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll know uh you'll know what to expect. um <laughs> it's just a game where you pet a dog,
2: <laughs> yeah, one of the things I wanted to comment on when you were talking about that that other show, yeah, and the way it seemed like um he was shooting down the woman because of being his uh his wife sure um that is one of the things that and i've I've utilized it outside of just Caitlyn – But that's one of the things that I've tried, that I have worked on learning when I'm running the game with her is Mm -hmm. Caitlin will admit that she is one of the more soft-spoken role players in the group. It takes her a little bit more to get into it. I
1: prefer combat.
2: And with her and with others in the group, I have tried to make myself a lot more cognizant that if I feel like an idea is being shot down to make sure Mm -hmm. to point out that it's a possible to do things without the rest of the group, if you want, or to try and make sure that every, every voice is heard. Like, especially since we're doing it as a podcast, I cut out a lot of that, but there's, there are times that I have to stop the whole game and just be like, okay, can everyone just lay out what their idea is out of character? So we can, so we know which one, like where to push things to.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty good idea. Actually just like be like, all right, pause, pause, all right what is what is your idea because like yeah there's a lot of like you know a lot of arguing as to like what what should be done next and you get to those moments where it's like people are arguing over how to open a door when oh it's like, yeah yeah i was like okay let's let's just just everyone say your idea cle- like clearly and then we can decide where to go from there rather than trying to argue it in character because it's going nowhere sure
2: yeah and one of the things that i've also and i I don't want to dive into it too far just because they're not around to hear it. But um, one of the things I have to keep in mind with our group is not only is my wife a part of the gaming group, um, part of our podcast group involves uh, two players that are engaged yep. to one another. So not not only is there, there me playing with a significant other, but I also have a group of significant others as part of the group and... Trying to make sure that that doesn't bleed into the game, so kind of sure, kind of further advice since the uh, the person asking was wondering. I don't know how Gabe came up with this question because <laughs> <laughs> <Right, laughs> he's right. admitted that his significant other won't be a part of the group. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, and I mean, like I've I've listened to podcasts of of people that are um in relationships with other people in the group or like I've read stories and such, and it's and it's not. It's not always the DM and a player. It is very often just two players. Mm-hmm. And even then it is important to remember that whatever you may have been arguing about before you started the session shouldn't bleed into yeah. the session. And that's, and I
2: that's like, where I was going with that is to like, as far as advice goes to basically when a lot of it for me is I try and keep people more into their characters, especially since we are doing a show mm-hmm. that. When you're around the table, try not to be the couple, be your individual players, and by and large, going for don't bring your relationship into the game and try not to bring the game into your relationship because you don't want to have an argument that started in the game end up becoming an argument on the way home. Sure, sure. (laughs) and thankfully for our group we usually have a bit of a cool down after after we are done playing sometimes the mics are on sometimes we end up turning the mics off but there's almost always a good 15 minutes half an hour after we wrap up for everyone to kind of pull back out of that game mode especially since i try and call it high stakes but it might be more of just trying to go for a realism feel to our campaign so there are definitely times where things get tense
3: sure Mm -hmm. Yeah, But you're trying to put on a show too, so you you know you guys are you know
0: trying to get into it as best you can. Mm-hmm. You know, something you said made me think of. Uh, there have even been times where, if there's somebody that I'm playing D and D with, where I've been just friends with that person before we started playing D and D together, and they did something in the game that made me frustrated, I would have to like make a con- conscious effort not to. Conflate the two. Like, uh, um, I mean, not Jeff or anything. I mean, Jeff is right here. He's giving me a look, maybe. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, uh, just like there, there, there have been times where I've been playing with someone that I've already been friends with and then like I'm getting frustrated with them because of what they did in the game and then that's made me irritated with them outside of the game and that's a bad idea. Well, whatever your relationship with someone, whether they are your significant other or just a a friend you are friends with outside of the game, try to leave game stuff at the table and try to leave out of game stuff out of the game.
2: And at the very least, if you do need to bring in game stuff out of the game, give it a couple days. Don't sure. Almost. It's almost like giving relationship advice. You don't want to try and tackle (laughs) a problem shortly after an argument. You want to give it a little, little time to cool off.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I feel like when we first started the podcast at times, I sort of thought of it as a relationship advice podcast to a very, very small extent, <laughs> just a very specific type of
2: relationship. Yeah. The, the relationship right. just isn't romantic. It's yeah. friendship, yeah. R- friendship relationships.
0: Yeah.
3: Relationship between players and DMs and such. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because yeah. I think like when we first started the show, I think the my in my, my head, the intention was going to be more about like dealing with problem players and such and a lot of that advice is really just general relationship advice but uh you know being being question based a a lot of the questions we get in are about less relationship based stuff and more about game and idea and such how do i make my game better yeah and i mean and i i kind of like that better as a as a direction to take the show Mm -hmm. than just dealing with problem people yeah you know to you know, take the problem player out to dinner <laughs> show them a good time i guess
3: you know maybe a movie it's a it's a different type of problem jeff
0: <laughs>
3: if like yeah if it went down like that i feel like i'd be a problem player more often my dm would like try to take me out to dinner just to kind of talk to me about about the problem
0: you know? i'm not gonna do that jeff no just so you know
3: it's just like a pizza or something Was like, oh, what's wrong, Gabe? You, you you think, oh, am I, am I hogging the spotlight? Well, maybe we could talk about it over pizza. (laughs) I don't like where
0: this is going. (laughs) I'm uncomfortable. Yes. How did Um, we end up here? uh, Yeah, that's how are we
3: at this pizza place? (laughs) (laughs) Why is there a candle here? Music. Oh goodness. Let's move on from, from this. Uh why are you kneeling?
0: Are you tying your shoe? <laughs> Gabe. Oh my. <laughs> Vito. 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 <laughs> uh do you guys have anything uh anything
2: else about this question? Especially going player player to DM, do you have any any advice that you might have for being in a group with this kind of dynamic?
1: Like I guess the only other thing is that it it relies on you're like the rest of the people in the group too like not jumping to the conclusion that you are getting preferential treatment sure like it, it may just be your turn to be in the spotlight and like next time it'll get to be one of the other players so it's finding a balance mm-hmm. where you're not getting treated poorly just to make up for being in a relationship with the dm or anything like that sure sure yeah
0: yeah, just uh, always try try not to point fingers when you know the answer is is very likely just coincidence or or you know right. It's... I, I would just say try not try not to assume that the problem is is nepotism or. Fair. don't
2: ascribe to malice what can easily be described with stupidity sure sure i <laughs> i mean okay you know i I to, I, well, I to an extent don't assume malice is is kind of the part that i was aiming for sure yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. sure but stupidity also is kind of insulting for talking about
0: <laughs> well, yeah. relationships. Well, i mean <laughs> hey relationships are kind of a a an intentional stupidity in regards to right a lot of things like
3: st- i feel like yeah stupidity's Stupidity is not the right word, but I understand the I understand. The if stupidity idea. had less negative of a connotation, sure. Because like, yeah, it's like, well, because I'm trying not to favor Skylar in this yeah. in this you know in this adventure, but in doing so, am um, you know might be making it harder on her. But it's like it's 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 a thing you have to consciously be doing. So like, you're gonna screw it up. Sure. Like well, it's you're not gonna be it's not gonna be perfect. So it's it's you know so. So then everybody else should try to understand that and be like, okay, give, give the DM or whoever the benefit of the doubt until it becomes, unless it's like obvious, oh, they are favoring them. Or, sure. So, you know, just,
2: well, just, especially because the way that she was talking about it is because you know, you can't always be negative to Skylar in that case. She, she does need her time in the spotlight, just like yeah, everyone else does. Exactly. Yeah. Otherwise you, you probably aren't going to be playing with her too long. <laughs> right, right. It's like, yeah. Like, I I want to make sure she's still having fun because she's a
3: player. Yeah, you, you know, know so I, I don't had... want to go to game night anymore. <laughs> you're just kinda, you just kind of you're you're not kind to me. <laughs> like, you started calling me names. No, no, no. That's the name of your character. <laughs> <laughs> Our next question comes from e- Itchy Wolf. Itchy Wolf. Itchy Wolf. It's an Itchy Wolf. <laughs> uh,
0: uh This was on Reddit. How do you define a campaign? Yeah. So, so how would you define what is a campaign? Yeah. Is a campaign
2: just a series of adventures? Is it a world? How would you define it? Oh boy. That, that's one of those questions that, that can have a very clear definition, but can mm-hmm. also be a very broad question as well. Sure. Because like for me in our show, I call it, we run two campaigns within the Mm -hmm. same world. And I guess for me, when I'm describing campaign in that sense, it is that we are, it's two set groups, like set groups of adventurers, essentially, with, I mean, in our show, the storyline's not really defined, but they kind of each have their own individual stories. Like to describe it a little bit for listeners of your show that may not be familiar with our show sure um what we run are the aurelian epic and what is currently known as the Miavet story and that is to kind of differentiate we have our epic campaign that is supposed to be world reaching as yeah, bigger develops. and more grandiose and their thing so far has all been tied to um the continent they're on is saval and it's tied to saval's guild of adventurers Mm-hmm. And they're just now starting to scratch the surface, and some of the players are starting to realize what's going on with the um, the like reemergence of dragons through things that they are discovering in the world. Mm-hmm. So, like in this one, I'm it's a big overarching campaign that ultimately end goal is like it's it's world spanning, um, potentially. Uh, cataclysmic sort of deal sure but then on the opposite side of that we have our Miavet story which i say it's currently called the Miavet story because it started off in the grand city of Miavet, and instead of these like epic hero characters it was a bunch of people that were broken out of a jail cell together and their campaign has actually become tied to one NPC named Cassian and his organization Mm -hmm. of which they don't even really know what his organization is or how they're going to factor into it. So it's kind of that they have a story that it, it, like it's a larger story that is cohesive, I guess is where I'm going with it.
0: Sure. Uh, Yeah. I, I always liked the difference in scope. Between the two, because like one of them is, yeah, definitely dealing with things that are like world affecting with the dragons and the gods and such. And then the other one is much more focused on just like this one specific group and them. what happens after they got free from from prison and such. Um, So. So, yeah, like defining a campaign is my my personal definition, I would say, whatever you call a campaign, that's a campaign because Mm -hmm. you know you could get into the the idea of well you could tie it to a story involving a specific set of characters but then what if over time all of those characters die and are replaced with other characters is it still the same campaign well okay maybe you could say it's about this one specific story but a campaign can span multiple stories you might you might finish the same group of characters might finish one story and then move on to another one Mm -hmm. i would still say that's the same campaign uh, you might have a character go from one campaign to the other. You might have some world details and plot details that bleed over from one campaign to another. But at that point, where does the where, is, where does one campaign end and the other yeah. begins? Yeah. So I kind of feel like whatever you say, this is a campaign. That's a campaign. I know it's it's, yeah. it's kind of a cop out answer, but you know. Yeah. Well, that's kind
2: of what I meant. That- this is a question that could have a very like set defined answer or be very broad sure. in scope. And I'm kind of, as you mentioned, that whole moving campaigns sort of. That's an interesting thing that is currently an inevitability in our own show that I'm not sure how to handle is eventually mm-hmm. our campaigns are kind of going to cross. I mean, that sounds really cool.
1: I'm looking forward to how he's going to pull that off.
2: <laughs> I don't know.
0: <laughs> I just hope that there's Fireball. a point where, I, <laughs> I hope there's a point where, like the characters open a door and on the other side are the other group of characters, yeah. and then you end the session with them just kind of staring off.
1: Right?
3: <laughs> you like pull a curtain and there's like actual like Bizarro use at another table <laughs> recording the other the other podcast. There you go. <laughs>
1: it's
2: like wait this a minute. <laughs> whole time the Miavet story was another group. In Aurelia, playing d <laughs> I
0: mean, that would be kind of cool. A world within a world. <laughs> oh, Campaignception. No. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, Jeff, do you have a, an answer for how you define a campaign?
3: I guess I'm thinking more like just sort of technical, which is just like when you get a group of people together to play a, a tabletop adventure game. Yeah. And like, like it's bas- basically like until from the moment you sit down to make characters till the time that the person says i can't come to the game anymore and the in the and the group breaks up because that's how they all end sure it's uh, very bleak but uh, yeah. not inaccurate yeah that that is a campaign you know it's like you know, you're playing you're you know you're doing invent you're you're on adventures you know it's it's a, so the know.
0: so the pain in campaign <laughs> is the pain <laughs> that you feel the pain of loss yeah the previous Storyline has been discarded. Right. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> it, you know, it all starts at a uh,
3: you all start in a campfire, so you all, yeah. all start at a camp, and then there's pain at the
0: end. <laughs> I I almost kind of feel like whenever you sit down to make characters, that is that marks the beginning of a campaign. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, when you sit down to make
3: characters or like session zero or whatever, it's like and yeah. then to whenever the group breaks up. <laughs> Or or whatever. So, I don't know. Like, just sort of a yeah. Campaign is when you is just a, you know, it's just it's. I don't know. It's a
0: campaign. Like, yeah. it's, <laughs> I guess See, it's, it's one of those it's, it's one of those uh you know undefinable things. It's a series I of guess. gaming sessions. You yeah, know. I, I guess the like the dictionary definition would be a a series of gaming sessions that all connect together to into into one whole. Right. Yeah. You know that's that's a less interesting answer, I think. Sure,
2: <laughs> and let's just ignore the fact that West Marches exist for this question. I'm unfamiliar with that. Uh, West Marches, also commonly known as hex crawl campaigns, but they're a lot more drop in, drop out, and oh, uh, okay, like large worlds that try and have like almost episodic sessions. I mean, that sounds like a neat idea. I, I almost feel
0: like it is it's a different game if you try to lean away from having a campaign, but it's it's a game that I am interested in. Yeah. Where the game is less about the big overarching story and more about we're here today, let's play one session and have a good time. We'll worry about next week, mm-hmm. next week. Yeah.
3: The the little bit of like world building I've been trying to do for to run run a campaign or whatever. I've been thinking more along the lines of like episodic or whatever. Sure. Because I wanna do like a thing where it's like a seafaring adventure where it's just islands and like you just like all Mm -hmm. right today we're at this island and here's an adventure yeah and then the next time we get together for a session we'll be at a different island who knows if they're connected whatever you know it's like so it it doesn't have to be this you know long story arc because like who's got the time to have a regular you know like a weekly session or whatever yeah so it you know whenever you can find the time just play an adventure if you get through it you do if you don't Whatever. We're on to the next
0: island next time. Who cares? Sure. Yeah. So So I guess the answer is mm -hmm. it
2: doesn't matter. Don't ask. (laughs) (laughs) No. How do you define a campaign, itchy wolf? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Why
3: don't you do that? Yeah. There there isn't really. How did you uh, get into this house?
0: (laughs) (laughs) There isn't really a a good good, uh, answer that's going to satisfy everybody's definition. But, uh, you know, I think. like I, I would say, just whatever whatever you call a campaign, that's a campaign.
2: Now you need to recycle this for a, a social media discussion question, see what other I, answers you get.
0: I could. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I will. Probably will. <laughs> uh, give it a couple months. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll give it a little while. A little while. All right. Uh, well, I think that'll do it for, uh, for our regular questions this week, but we do still have our social media discussion questions. Now, we have recently <laughs> changed up how we do these, and it is more confusing with every passing week, but... Uh, the previous question that we did, which at the time I thought would would have some would pretty be good timing, last week? <laughs> but, well, sh- well, two weeks ago, I guess. <laughs> have you ever run a Halloween or just explicitly horror themed session? If so, how did it go? Well, first, I want to say
3: I don't understand why like Halloween is just like boom done. You know, yeah. like why are holidays done like the moment the
2: day is over? You know, like right. can can I really like agree with you on this one? Because I've got an answer to this question and it involves an episode that we recorded to release on Halloween and I didn't have enough time to get it done editing. And I feel terrible that it's not coming out until like the first week of November. It should be up when this episode goes live. (laughs) And I'm like, what, why do I feel so bad that, you know, Halloween the day is gone and because it's going to be less than a week after it feels like I shouldn't even release it? Sure. Yeah.
3: I, get, I have so many friends that are really big into Halloween. Gabe is one of them. Yep. And it's like, it's sort of the thing to celebrate a holiday months in advance, yeah. you know, and I like I get the excitement and everything. And like, who who doesn't like the fall, I guess. And so, like, people start celebrating halloween like in mid-september sure the same way that the second that calendar hits november 1st
2: it's christmas music everywhere <laughs> i think you live in a different world than we do they've started setting up christmas stuff like three weeks ago
3: well sure sure yeah
2: like they're just trying to cut halloween and thanksgiving out of the year right yeah,
3: yeah i mean like yeah there definitely is christmas stuff at like shops and stuff already, like way before halloween but like like november 1st is when like like they're they start like the twenty-four hour Christmas Carol. Yeah, that's when you, you don't know? even hide it anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they you just you just wear it out. Um, but it's like it, it's still like why why isn't there sort of like a, you know why isn't there some on the other side like it, yeah it's, it's
0: all it's all front loaded none it, of it is exactly
3: uh, is in the back and like I get I get I get it but like why why can't why can't there be just like a little residual spookiness after Halloween <laughs> there should always be residual spookiness. <laughs>
1: Every day is Halloween if you believe in it. <laughs> exactly,
3: it's every day is Halloween in Halloween
0: Town. Yep. <laughs> um, well, do, uh, do you guys have uh, have a good answer? I know that we did get we did get some answers from you on on Discord, but uh, if you have uh, a response you'd like to give right now,
1: I got to run a session of Ten Candles, which is a no prep one shot style tragic horror game, oh, and okay. that's what's going to be our. Um, our Halloween special. So it, it was really interesting being on the other side and getting to run it. And with it being so different from our normal games, sure, um, yeah. it was very spooky. We played it in the dark. And Ooh. I don't know if you're familiar with how Ten Candles is played. Not at all. I but, was about to ask
0: you to explain.
1: Yeah. So you start with Ten Candles lit in the middle of the table. And um, any time someone fails a roll... You blow out one of the candles, and it ends know. that scene and progresses the story. Ooh, and so it progressively gets darker. And with it being a tragic horror game, everyone goes in knowing that no one is going to survive.
0: Huh. That sounds awesome.
1: Yeah. Once the last candle's been blown out, um, it's sort of like the everyone's final death scene, essentially. Mm-hmm. And so anyone that's left alive uh, gets their their last hurrah, they can choose to go out in a blaze of glory or, you know, however they, they choose to go, but once the last candle's out, everyone has to die.
2: Sure. <laughs> yeah, like, the key mechanic to ten candles is that those ten candles are tied to the dice pool that you have oh. for succeeding on your rolls. You have to roll a six on a d6 to succeed a roll. So, and it happens very much in the episode that we'll be releasing of our actual play for it that it snowballs because once you start getting under a certain amount of dice yeah. you're you're e- when you're down to that that last candle you have 1d6 to roll mm, okay. and all right as candles get blown out those dice that you lose go over to the the storyteller who's playing the antagonists side of things so then it becomes a contested role. Okay,
0: interesting. And
2: as for how did it go, um, I <laughs> am... Well, I'm not someone that is particularly into like scary stories or scary movies. He got real scared. <laughs> and um, there, there are some outtakes of me yelling at one of our players. At one point, I turned to them and said... <laughs> I'm going to punch you in the face because <laughs> he was making creaking sounds. And we played this at like we started at what ten PM? Yeah, it was pretty late. It was dark. It was pretty dark. And the can we we did turn off all the lights. There are there are pictures that'll go up with everything. So oh, it was no. getting dark and it was dark outside.
1: We set off the fire alarm. And with it went the first candle we blew out. <laughs> But it did oh, no. go
2: great <laughs> as far as it told the exact kind of story that I feel it's the game is meant to tell.
0: That's really cool. So, so um, Caitlin, the one that you ran is going to be the episode that
2: you guys are putting out soon? Yep. It should be out when this episode goes live. Okay. Awesome. So they, I'm
0: really looking forward to, to listening to that. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I'll send you a link if you want to put it in your show notes, or if people just come over to adventuresinarelia.com, they'll be able to, to find a link to this episode.
0: Sure. All right. Um, uh, I've run a couple, a couple horror-themed uh, sessions. Uh, I usually do around Halloween, especially with like my library games. I try to have a some sort of spooky thing happen. Mm. Um, and then, of course, we—it's on our, our Patreon—but uh, we did a a session of the Terrible RPG where that was that was horror movie themed. Mm. So, uh, so I think that went pretty well. Yeah. I don't know how scary it was, of course, but you know, I thought it was a, it was a fun fun game to play. And the, and
3: the only adventure I've really ever DM'd for is uh Chapel on the Cliffs, which is spooky.
0: Yeah. Well you, no, you did that uh you did that other that one that was Halloween. I always thing. forget about that. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, last year for Halloween. I, yeah. I completely forget about that every time We <laughs> were characters that got turned into their Halloween costumes. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, so we got we got a few responses on uh, over on facebook colin w says last year we did an evil one shot for halloween after we decided we had to dial back the evil after trying to burn down an occupied church Ugh. it was a fun campaign where we ran a few skirmishes at fifth level then time jumped to 12th level then to 20th level for a battle against angels oh, oh.
3: Gosh. wow there, there <laughs> you go. that uh, sounds that,
0: like a That's a campaign right there. I think the saying that escalated quickly. quickly. Uh, (laughs) Can you tell we're married? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Then uh, uh, Dean A says, I have ran the Minds of Madness two Halloweens in a row for different groups. This year we're doing a modern apocalypse one shot at the local library, but I'm probably not going to have a home game since it's not my game night next week. And this was a little before Halloween, I think is when he posted this uh adam b just basically tagged a bunch of other people that i'm guessing were in his group and then they all chimed in and said that it was a lot of fun so so good job adam b
2: i hope all of them followed your
0: facebook i hope so too that would be that would be pretty cool uh over on reddit we just got a couple scottish unicorn clan said haven't ever run a horror themed campaign but always play up the scares for specific monsters in our regular campaign Giant spiders normally get heart rates up if I if I get into describing the clicking sounds of the legs and or the webbed up lair in which they dwell. See, I think it doesn't have to be Halloween to have a horror themed game. Yeah. You just need a spooky monster. Yep. Giant spiders. There you go. And then uh, Pruno says, Running Curse of Strahd, best fifth edition adventure by far. But in my homebrew Detroit game, PCs went to Feywild and the unsullied court for the Juggalo's Dark Carnival. Oh, no. Centaurs <laughs> chained for merry go round, deep fried pixies on sticks, and trolls wearing Juggalo makeup, all for a coven of hags with their ringmaster, a shadow demon. <laughs> I mean, that just sounds like a wow. regular day here in Detroit. <laughs> oh, sure. Right. <laughs> Uh, we did not get anybody on Twitter, but on uh, on Discord, uh, Adam B actually again said, uh, "Oh, there's the candles." I see. Yeah, um, Damien <laughs> actually put up this picture of uh, of the game you guys did with the candles. And then, uh, but Adam B said, "Yes, last weekend for a player's birthday, I ran a horror-based campaign. The result the result was five extremely jumpy players, lots of tension, and a scream at the final big bad evil guy. Super happy. Note to anyone wanting to do this: atmosphere, build up, and immersion all help." And then he added, and knowing the fears of your players. Sure. So I can't disagree with that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, quick survey. What are your fears? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to use this No, no reason. Uh, Collins B said, the last four years I've run Halloween one shots. I, I first wrote a plot hook for my DM and that took place in our campaign where we fought Spooky Uki, a pumpkin demon. The next two years, I ran Saw-inspired one-shots. And just last week, I ran the DM's Guild Adventure Weekend at Strahd's for Studio 76. The experiences varied by how in the players were. The first year, the players were more focused on other stuff in the campaign that we didn't even get to the Halloween stuff until two hours into the session. The following years were much better because one-shots are much more risk-free and easier to allow yourself to have fun. And Collins even posted a link to the uh, Studio 76 Weekend at Strahd's oh. game. So I think you can uh, you can watch that. Cool. Uh, Debrasor said, I like filling rooms with nightmare gas and make the characters go on scary drug trip adventures. Okay. Well, there you go. You can do that <laughs> any time of the year. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Depending on the availability of uh, the nightmare gas. I suppose so. Yeah, the nightmare gas. You got to order it a <laughs> while <laughs> in advance. Yeah. <laughs> And then uh, just one more peace Story pancake says I haven't run a whole horror themed session, but that, do- that hasn't stopped me from having some parts of a, of an adventure be scary or creepy. So yeah, it doesn't have to be, you know, an explicit though. The whole session doesn't have to be horror themed, but uh, you know, it's a little bit of horror. Never hurt. I mm. think.
2: And I definitely feel that a, a good piece of advice for that in any holidays. Absolutely. One shots are great for holiday yes, episodes or holiday sessions.
3: Yeah, because you can just go extra crazy with it because, you know, you don't have to worry about... Because if you do, like, one shots with, like, newer character, like, with just, like, a fresh character or something, like that, then mm-hmm. people are more likely to do something fun and, ri- yeah. and, like, a little off the wall.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I've got lots of ideas. I've got lots of ideas for characters that, like... Um, I would never do in an ongoing campaign, but yeah, a holiday one shot. Sure. I'll play this weird joke character. Sure. See how it goes. Uh, all right. And then our next question is going to be, what is your favorite role to fill in an adventuring party? Mm. I feel like I've had this as a question in the past, but I'm not hundred percent sure, but uh, I'm still interested in hearing what people say. Mm. Jeff, what is your favorite role to fill in an adventuring party?
3: Um, Definitely in my... Uh in my later years as a,
0: as a player, whatever role is needed. Yeah. I that's, mean, but that, that is a valid answer. Yeah. I understand that. But, uh, I don't right. know. Do you have anything else earlier
3: on? I feel like I was more of the, like the bruiser type. Sure. You know, like I like to, either a tank or, you know, just like a tanker barbarian sort of like, a sort of uh, like a fighter barbarian or a paladin or something like that. Somebody who's like, you know, can take a lot of hits and can dish out a decent amount of damage. That sure, I like to play. I like to play that role usually.
0: Okay. I might add on to this uh, if you have to choose one. You, right, you can't. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I'm not trying to single you out just because no, that's the answer I would give. Right, if, exactly. If I could say yeah, anything. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh. What about uh, Damien and Caitlin? What do you guys say about this?
1: Um. I'm actually really enjoying. Like, I think I've found my spot. Uh, recently in our epic campaign where um, I'm a ranger, Mm -hmm. but I'm really playing up the the ranger part of it. Okay. And I've been, like, going hunting and bringing back like deer (laughs) and Uh, it drives one of the other characters crazy because she's all like not the cute little animals. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, like uh, anytime we have downtime, I'm like, I'm going to go tracking and find something for us to eat. Sure. And it's just like a little subset of being a ranger and, you know, having such a high skill with the bow that it has been really entertaining for me.
0: Okay. Uh, Damien, what about you? When you when you get the chance to play, what is uh, your favorite type of role to fill?
2: See, but before you altered the question, I was going to say just being a player. That's (laughs) that's that's one of my favorite roles in in an adventuring party. Sure, but to to give a more serious serious answer, um, because I have gotten to play before, and we have a side campaign that we play every couple months. I get to be a player in. I like being a face character, actually um i think one of my one of my favorite roles to fill is not necessarily the guy that's like trying to be the boss of everything but i like i really i'm a dm i like role-playing i really like talking to npcs and kind of getting more of the story out of people sure
3: yeah yeah so yeah like it's the, the 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 role that like somebody like a bard you know who plays like a bard would feel like the more like you know, you're going to be a celestial warlock. There or you go. C- there you go.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that's definitely a really fun role to play. I would, I would probably say looking back at all the characters I've had the most fun playing, I probably enjoy the, the debuff character. Um, Like I've, some of my favorite characters have been like either clerics or fighters, but the part that I liked the most is when I get to like lock an enemy down and, you know, I get to to make it so that everybody else can do their thing easier because the enemy can't do anything. I, I think mm. that's what I like best.
3: Yeah, there was a um, character I played a while back that I, I built her specifically for just just to be the support. Sure. Like in, in everything, like, you know, giving advantage here and there or buff here and there. You know, she was she was like a barred wizard. Mm-hmm. And I just I wanted I wanted like all of her things to be, you know, to be helping everybody else out. And then, and then I think I was also playing her as sort of like the face character because I had a very silly voice for her, and I <laughs> and I just liked doing like I liked doing the voice. So I was like, at any moment I got to 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 you know to talk to a NPC or something. I was trying to talk to the orc horde to get them on our <laughs> side. Okay, so I was just a little old halfling lady trying to get you know get orcs to do the, what she said. Yeah.
0: Okay. All right. Um, well, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what some of our listeners have to say in the future. Um, but uh, that'll do it for our questions for this week. So we're going to uh, before we close out, I guess let's wind down a little bit. Let's uh, relax. Let's take a deep breath.
3: <sighs>
0: <sighs> or a yawn in Jeff's case. Yep. Uh, I guess let's remember those who have come before us, who have given their lives so that we may have a uh, a better place to, to live in, or or possibly they died because their uh, their significant other was the DM and they were overcompensating. Uh, <laughs> as we toss another log onto the funeral pyre. So this week's Funeral Pyre story was submitted by Colin W., and it goes as follows. Colin says, I have a a pseudo-Funeral Pyre story, only for the fact that the DM was merciful. A group at my office started Lost Minds today, and in the very first encounter in our first session in the first combat action, my wizard, Reese, was taken down to zero HP by a critical hit. I rolled two successful death saves and smugly remarked that things will likely work out. My next roll was, of course, a one. (laughs) Followed by a fail on my last death save, because a a natural one counts as two. Oh, right. Reese's life began to slip away until the DM took pity on me, and instead made it a grievous injury, costing me a permanent loss of a point of constitution. If this act of divine intervention on part of the DM disqualifies this as a funeral pyre entry, I have a feeling this character will have another funeral pyre story soon enough. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And so we raise a glass to the future. Clink. All right. Well, I would like to once again thank... Damien and Caitlin from Adventures in Aurelia for coming on the show. Thank you guys so much. Uh, we've had a great time having you. Hopefully you had a good time being on the show. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you
1: for having us.
2: Thank you so much for having us. It was it was great to be here.
1: Cool.
0: Uh, would you like to tell our listeners once again about your show, where they can find you, anything else uh, like that?
2: Uh, you can find us at adventuresinarelia.com. That's E-R-Y-L-I-A. And come get some... Some nice 5e actual play action in your ears. And uh, if you'd like to come come hang out and chat with any of us, you can uh, reach us over at com slash discord to join our Discord server.
0: All right. Awesome. Okay. To submit questions for us to discuss, items for the Dragon's Horde, or stories for the Funeral Pyre, please email us at interpartyconflict@gmail.com. At for show notes, links to media mentioned on the show, and running lists of questions and magic items, go to interpartyconflict.com. Join the discussion on social media. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com/interpartyconflict, on Reddit at r/interpartyconflict, on our interparty Discord, or on Twitter at inpartyconflict for our weekly social media questions. Your answers might end up on the show. Find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, YouTube, anywhere to download podcasts. Please rate, review, subscribe, or just tell a friend. If you'd like to support the show, check out the rewards at patreon.com slash conflict. There's a few different tiers, so anything you can spare, even a dollar a month, would go towards making the show better, and you'll get bonus content for it. Jeff, tell us about FriendQuest. FriendQuest is our YouTube channel where we play video games. Yes. Speaking of video games, check out my side project, the Arcade Memories podcast. If you'd like to submit your own childhood memories of going to the arcade, record them or write them to me at ArcadeMemoriesPodcast at gmail.com. Also, head over to bit.ly slash InterpartyConflict to take a short survey about our show. What you like, what you don't like, etc. And just for taking it, you'll get two free printable board games courtesy of Mary and Tom over at Hollenspiel.com. And our music is made by Boxcat Games from Nameless the Hackers RPG. And until next time... Funny quip here. There you go. That's the best one yet.